Humans, 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 humans. Welcome to the Sydney Hollow Show. The earliest you can hear this is Friday, August 4th. We got a great weekend. We're, you know, first weekend in August. And, you know, we're solstice and equinox people around here. So we have a lot of summer left. We have a lot of summer left, humans. So here's the deal. Today we're going to talk a little bit of Tom Cruise. We're going to talk a little bit of Tom Cruise. You know, what What are these movies spoon-feeding us? We're also going to talk about the Mississippi River. Didn't think you'd hear that on this podcast, did you, humans? We're going to talk about cruising, cruising the Mississippi River. And no, I don't mean the kind of cruising where you go out, you know, late at night and, uh, you know, you leave your house alone and hope to come back with someone. Not that kind of cruising, humans. We're going to talk about an ad. We're going to talk about two ads. We've got another war on our hands. And I think I've brought this up before, but, you know, uh, the vacation rental, I hate all vacation rental ads. I, I find them to be self-righteous, dishonest, inauthentic. But we do have a vacation rental marketing, advertising war on our hands. So let's delve into that a bit. And, uh, you know, the mesh, the mesh clock, and I don't mean the hernia mesh I have inside my body, my first implant, humans, (laughs) my only implant for now, but I'll stop short and say my first implant. No, no, no. I mean the mesh or proposed mesh at Dog Beach at Hideaway Bluffs. At the Hideaway. The clock is ticking. So, plenty to get to here, humans. You know, we had a week apart from each other. We had a week apart from each other. What was that like for you? Do you listen to the pod on Fridays? Do you, do you find time for the pod over the weekend? Or do you sort of let it ebb and flow and you binge here and there and you didn't really notice? Let me know. If it affected your life, let me know. Listener line at sydneyhollisshow.com. So we are going to talk some Tom Cruise. You know what? Let's just jump into Tom Cruise right now. I think the Mississippi River. Whoa. Cruise and Cruise. Tom Cruise. Mississippi River Cruise. The Mississippi River Cruise can sit on the back burner. So humans, you know I love Tom Cruise. You know, I like him in movies. I I don't know him as a person. I I find, you know, him on Oprah to be very fascinating. His, uh, you know, jumping on the couch. But, you know, it's always Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Tom Cruise does his own stunts. And this week, humans, I watched All the Right Moves, very early Tom Cruise movie. And then I watched Cocktail, also pretty early. And, uh, you know, I just can't help but praise our man. He's known for doing his own stunts. And, of course, I've never seen any of the Mission Impossibles, nor do I want to, you know, when I say I love Tom Cruise, I like Days of Thunder. I like the two Top Guns. I like Hearts of Cocktail. I like All the Right Moves. I like Rain Man. 
I like Jerry Maguire. Okay. I don't like the Mission Impossible movies. Well, I, I don't know that I don't like them, but I don't ever plan on finding out. So I'm watching, I'm watching Cocktail here. And this guy's getting praised for doing his own stunts, you know, driving a NASCAR and Days of Thunder and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, but this guy's doing his own stunts right here before my eyes in Cocktail with all that flair bartending. I mean, he had to learn that, you know? He didn't fake it. There's not a stunt double in there. Does he still do that? You know, beyond the mystery of what, you know, this guy is and, of course, the uh, his religion, his Scientology. If you ever ended up at Tom Cruise's home, you know, want, you know, after something, and it's like, hey, you want a drink? A mixture up a cocktail? Now, if I asked, you know, if I could mix you up a cocktail, you'd be like, oh, he's making one of his banana daiquiris, his Havana syndromes. But if Tom Cruise asked, I mean, do you follow him to his wet bar? Does he do some flair? I don't know, but it's pretty freaking impressive that he did all that flair bartending in cocktail. Overall cocktail, eh. Overall, overall, not the best movie, but fun, but fun. And I want to go find that bar from the very beginning, the bar where his uncle owns before he goes and enters into the tutelage of Doug Coughlin. Coughlin's Law. Coughlin's Law. Well, you know, humans, I just I just got done saying cocktail is pretty fun, but I think the beginning is fun. And the, the parts of the movie emotionally upset me. I had to I had to watch it in two pieces. I was feeling pretty sensitive the first day I was watching it, and I had to turn it off halfway through. Because there are some emotionally insensitive parts of that movie. So I take back saying it's a lot of fun. The beginning is a lot of fun. But, you know, I did I did finish it within two days. On my recent rewatch. But yeah, I mean you know, everyone's praising Tom Cruise for his stunts and all these other things. He's doing some pretty the darn good stunts in this film, I must say. And while we're talking Tom Cruise, I have a question. Something that's been I've been thinking about for a couple of days here. You know, Top Gun has been accused of being, you know, a uh, military recruiting tool, a naval recruiting tool. Uh, you know, maybe even propaganda. Maybe. Okay. It's just been, I'm not, I'm not saying where I went. I'm saying it's been accused of those things. <clears throat> so along those lines, I was thinking the other day, you know, the Exxon Valdez, that was like a huge, huge deal in the late eighties. Like, that was just, everyone was spoofing it. Of course, people were upset, the poor wildlife and everything else, and what the guy had been drinking. So I think Saturday Night Live did, like, a, 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 a drinking-before-work sketch or something. <laughs> but it was top of mind. And it was, like, everywhere. The Exxon Valdez, the Exxon Valdez. And I wasn't old enough to be a consumer yet. You know, I looked it up. It happened in... Uh, Late, sorry, early 1989, March 24th. I was not old enough to be a consumer yet. 
So I don't really know what happened. I remember when the BP pipe burst in the Gulf of Mexico and little tar balls were washing up on beautiful beaches like Destin and San Destin. Um, you know, people were like, well, and of course, when they couldn't get that, you know, when that thing was just like pouring out millions of gallons of oil per second or something, uh, people were like, well, should we just boycott BP gas stations? And then people were like doing that. And then people were like, that doesn't really do anything because like the individual owners, the, the, like the pipeline, forgive the term. Uh, you know, the supply chain is so long between an individual BP station and like the, this, this oil rig out in the middle of the ocean and like the way it's all owned. Like I remember people saying like, oh, you're just going to be hurting the individual business owner. It really is not going to affect, uh, BP in, in ways that I've heard, in ways that I've heard people, let me start this over. I heard that explained in ways where I've not heard that explained about other boycotts, let's say. It seemed like people were just like, don't even bother. Who knows? Maybe that was bad information. But I wonder, in the 80s, was there like a, like, no, do not shop at Exxon. Are you fucking crazy? They killed all those ducks. Not enough Dawn dish detergent in the planet for all those ducks over there in Alaska. It must have been a PBR. Freudian slip, humans. It must have been a PR nightmare. And then along comes a movie called Days of Thunder, which came out in 1990. Days of Thunder, of course, a Tom Cruise film, is a NASCAR movie. And, you know, Tom Cruise... It's driving for a no name and then eventually drives a mellow yellow car. His character being Cole Trickle. And then we have Rowdy Burns, played by Michael Rooker. And his car? He drives an Exxon car. Exxon is the main sponsor of his, his car. So the two cars that get like the most play in the movie that are part of the storyline because these are the two rivals as the movie plays out. Mellow Yellow and Exxon. Now, Michael Rooker is kind of, excuse me, Rowdy Burns is kind of the villain, but any ink is good ink. So Exxon, Exxon is now like in a, in a summer blockbuster. I mean, my sister and I had I think Hardee's Hardee's was the restaurant chain that did days of thunder cars in their, uh, for lack of a better term, happy meal, their kids meal. And I remember this because when we went, I think I got the Hardee's car and I think my sister got the Exxon car, the black Exxon car. So there we are two young kids in the wake of, of the Exxon Valdez, Valdez. And there, there she, we, I say, because we were probably played with them together because we got those kinds of things when we were on summer vacation. We were That was our, you know, treat for all these long car rides was to get these kids meals at various uh, 
various restaurants. And of course we would, you know, kind of pick out which one we wanted by who had what and what summer movie that year. So there we were with a freaking Exxon toy car. And I looked it up, humans. I looked it up. So the Exxon Valdez, I think I was saying Valdez for a while there. That crash happened March 24th, 1989. Days of Thunder filmed December 11th, 89 through May 7th, 1990. So there was plenty of time in there when they're, you know, figuring out who's whose uh, brand name is going to be on what car, whatever movie person was making those deals and courting those brands. And I bet you Exxon was willing to pony up a pretty penny to be featured in the movie. I mean, this is all theorizing on my behalf. This is all theorizing on my behalf. You know, I've not looked this up. I've not, quote unquote, followed the money, but it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. So Tom Cruise, is he trying to trick us into joining the Navy? Tom Cruise, is he tricking us into loving Exxon again? I mean, pretty wild that that was like the most hated brand. And just, I mean, you can't hear about the Valdez without it being called the Exxon Valdez. And then all of a sudden it's just a featured, featured brand in a movie. Well, this is the sound of me patting on my patting myself on the back for thinking of that. And humans, we can't talk Days of Thunder without hearing my favorite, you know, saying or clip from that movie. Of course, I love the way uh, Robert Duvall says, "Ice cream." <laughs> so I try to say, "Ice cream." That way, nowadays. When I'm talking about ice cream, and that's that'll be the last time you ever, on this show, hear me say ice cream. Oh, that 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 one will be the last one. From now on out, it's ice cream. And uh, let's hear Robert Duvall say it, shall we? I got a pit. I don't think so. We're busy now. You're what? Yeah. Eating ice cream. So humans from cruise to cruise, here we go. The Mississippi River. I mean, part of our national fabric. Part of a nation. Mark Twain had his obsession with the Mississippi River. Well, humans, how did I get on this topic? Well, great question. Came home from work the other day. And, you know, as happens from time to time... We we are very pro mail carrier, very pro letter carrier around here. But as happened from time to time, I received mail for another residence. We, you know, me and my housemates. And oddly enough, we've gotten mail for this other residence before, but it's not that close. It's like a, it's like probably like a six seven minute walk away from here. Uh, but similar house number. But there's plenty of houses with similar house number around here. But for some reason, we just when we get the wrong mail, it's always for these people or this address. And I was like, the reason I even looked at who it was to is I was like, this is fascinating. It was a Viking River Cruises pamphlet, brochure type thing. Pamphlet, a pamphlet that would make Thomas Paine himself jealous. 
and it was for Viking River Cruises. And, uh, you know, again, humans, I watch antenna television, so a lot of the ads I see are targeted towards old people. And so I'm familiar with Viking River Cruises because they do, like, these cruises and all these rivers in Europe and this and that. Places I'm not really interested in going to. <laughs> but I was like, man, I kind of want to read this. I was like, you know, it's not like opening someone's mail. It's just a little tiny pamphlet, little magazine. It's all right. Because the wind could blow it open. And I'm going to end up taking this over to these people's house to be a good Samaritan anyway. So, you know, sue me. I opened it. I thumbed through. And I was like, oh, this is pretty dull. And then I got to the Mississippi River portion. And I was like, Viking River Cruises? Does a Mississippi River Cruise? <sighs> no, that's not Oppenheimer. That's the sound of my head exploding. I knew they did all these boring European rivers. But I didn't know they were cruising right here in the U.S. of A. So I thumbed around a bit. And, you know, it did dawn on me that, like, I have seen these ads for American American cruise lines before, again, on my antenna channels. And uh, there's, like, there are, there is another cruise company, at least, that does uh, cruises down the Mississippi or up the Mississippi. And um, so I was just, like, I've always found it fascinating, but they're just all... They're all targeted at old people. So I leafed through this Viking River cruise thing. And I'm like leafing through it. And then it's like, see America, la 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 in style, this and that. And from one of our, you know, famous luxury uh, European or Finnish or whatever the heck boats. And that, I was just, right there, I was like, stop it right there. Stop it right there. If I'm going to take in some Americana, if I'm going to live a Ken Burns and float down the Mississippi River, by the way, these cruises, if you want to do Minnesota to New Orleans, I don't typically say New Orleans like that, but I'm fascinated by people that do, so now I do. If you want to go from Minnesota to New Orleans on one of these cruise boats, it takes 22 days. <laughs> 22 days. I don't, I don't like this phrase because it's, it sounds stupid when most of the time people say it as a comparison to thing, things, but I, I really wondered aloud, could you walk that faster? <laughs> you probably, you probably could, I mean, I don't know the actual distance, but could you bike it faster? Could you out-bike a Mississippi River cruise from Minnesota to New Orleans? So anyway, humans, you're, you'd basically be living a Ken Burns. I mean, going down this this spine that helped build America and made us, you know, helped our economy and our industry so much. And it would be the slowest cruise of all time. But how the hell could you in good conscience 
ride in a European boat for this tour of Americana. How could you? How could anyone? I could see some Europeans doing that. They really just don't give a damn. But as an American, if you're willing to, 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 to take a month off and do this cruise, you know, put aside that it's probably aimed at retirees. And humans, guess how much this bad boy goes for? $17,000 if you want to do the long one. There's all kind of versions. There's all kind of versions. You can go Memphis to New Orleans. You can you can just do the upper section. You can do all sorts of things. But if you want to do the full, you know, the full thing, 17 grand. <laughs> 17 grand for the slowest cruise. I mean, I would say in your life. I I've never taken a cruise, so I don't know. If I ever do it, it might be the only cruise in my life. Just fascinating. And so I did. I looked up American cruise lines. I Googled Mississippi River Cruises, and the top two results are American cruise lines and Viking River Cruises. And American cruise lines, similar. 22 days, 15,500. <laughs> Could you bike that faster? <laughs> I mean, I, is it supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be thinking of Huckleberry Finn and just being on a raft? It's really fascinating. And I I actually lament that these are aimed at the, the practically elderly. Uh, because I think this would be fun. Again, if I had 22 days off, I guess I may spend it differently. Maybe that's the idea. It's like you have to just have nothing but free time and be a retiree to for this to like pop up on your list is something you'd like to do with 22 days off but gosh it sounds kind of cool you know and I, i'm about to say this in earnest rather than that cruise and write the great american novel boy i've got twain brain right now humans just a case of twain brain so anyway, but I, you know me, you know me, I'm not necessarily a nationalist, but in this case, no effing way am I taking a Mississippi River cruise on a European boat. No, thank you. And it's not just about a sense of national pride. It would just be like, if it were me. And I had a room with a little deck or a window or something. And like it was nighttime and I was smoking a little cannabis and having a cocktail and looking at trees on the side of the river there, you know, and hearing the, the water splash up against the boat and just doing some deep thinking and trying to think like, oh, this thing used to be full of steam paddle boats and really trying to connect with the past I would have a hard time getting over the hurdle that I was in some European vessel it would just be a disconnect even from this you know macho point of view that I've that I've been spitting at you it would just be hard for me to get around I don't think I could do it humans let me know your thoughts listener line at sydneyhollishow.com of course record into the voice memo app on your smartphone hit the share button and then email 
that recording to listenerline at sydneyhollishow.com. That's how you can participate in the show. You have a platform. For all these people that say, God, I'd only have a podcast if I had the chance, if I had the time, if I had the this, if I had the that. Here it all is. It's all set up for you. If you want to dip your toes into that water and have an opinion about something or something humorous, it's waiting for you. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. The time for excuses is up. And speaking of time being up, we have a little situation on our hands, don't we, humans? If you're new to the show, the hideaway is the place we are now. It's the place where we break bread when we participate in this podcast, when I record it, when you listen, when you record into your voice memo app and share it. You're in the hideaway. We're in the hideaway when we go to this place in our minds where we are all together. And it's beachfront. There's a bar with frozen drink machines, cash only. You can hear them whirling. You can also hear the waves. It's called the Hideaway. It's the bar that started it all. There's Hideaway Bluffs, the luxury condominiums. There's Hideaway Bluffs Marina. There's the Mug Club Brewery, which, of course, is... We have some news coming out about that as well. Stay tuned. And we have Hideaway Bluffs Beach Club. And then on the other side of the Hideaway, you know... (laughs) is an area designated for dogs, Dog Beach... And if you're new to the show, I'm not a huge fan of dogs. <laughs> I just got done telling someone I was indifferent to them today because I didn't want to tell them I didn't like them. And I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I have I was very generous and benevolent, and I said there can be an area called Dog Beach, and the dogs can be off-leash until 9.30 in the morning. And then... It, Andy, or Andrew, or Drew in Tampa, depending on how he's feeling, called in and was like, this is unfair. My dog loves the beach. I love being with my dog at the beach. I can't, you know, you've already got us at Dog Beach on the other side of the overpass. Uh, Come on. I can't have a dog on leash after 9.30 in the morning. And just like I benevolently benevolently gave you all dog beach and said you could go off leash until 930 in the morning. I also said, well, if enough of you get together and say you want a mesh. So, you know, Andy in Tampa described it as like an overpass. I think it's almost like a pier. There's a pier. And on the other side of that pier, the far side of that pier is dog beach. And I suggested if you want your dogs off leash all day long, then we can put up a mesh, an earth-toned mesh, no construction orange, nothing bright, an earth-toned mesh that can, you know, go against the pilings of the pier and then the dogs can be, you know, kept away from the rest of the hideaway. I don't want off-leash dog eating my Pringles off of my beach blanket. <laughs> and I said, you need, you need seven calls. You need seven calls, and we will grant you the mesh. And I said, Andy in Tampa counts as call number one because he had the gall, the chutzpah, to make this call. 
But I got to tell you, humans, no one's called in this week, and I took last week off. And there is a time limit. There is a time limit. The time will come and go, and if enough calls aren't there, there will be no mesh. There will be no mesh at Talk Beach for a full calendar year, and then we can put it up on the ballot again. So, humans, you have until you have two episodes from now. The next episode, of course, will be aired on August 11th. So you have until the episode that comes out on August 18th to get your votes in, to, to, to voice whether or not you want a mesh, whether you want a mesh so that the dogs at Dog Beach can run freely. And mind you, I typically record on Thursdays, so you kind of really have until midday on August 17th, but sometimes I record a day early. So you may only have until midday on August 16th. Chance it if you wish. <laughs> the clock is ticking. <laughs> On Dog Beach. <laughs> now, humans, we are going to talk a little vacation rentals wars. The vacation rentals wars. Airbnb. Verbo. But before we do, <laughs> I saw a commercial that almost made me angry the other morning when I was watching the Today Show, which sometimes I do, and sometimes I have a quiet morning and I just do yoga. Uh, or some variation of, you know, light exercise. <laughs> but I saw this ad, and it was like, take the next 30 seconds. To relax your mind and be at peace. And I was like, here they freaking go again. These stupid calm commercials brought to you by the Calm app. I was like, ugh, I hate your pandering. I hate everything about you. And then I looked up and they were trolling. And by they, I mean Milkbone. <laughs> Milkbone was trolling. They were trolling me. They were trolling calm. It's an ad. And humans, here I am liking a dog ad. It's for like the milk bone, like soft and chewy treats. And it's like a dog sitting on the end of a dock, chewing a treat very quietly. And the dog was being quiet and still, which we all know <laughs> happens from time to time, I guess. But they were totally going after these dumb calm apps, uh, calm app ads where they like have like, you know, this 30 seconds of peace is brought to you by the calm app. And it's like a rainforest with rain or some ocean waves or something. And I really got a kick out of it because they got me. They got me. I was prepared to be very angry, hate this commercial. And it's like, oh, just a dog bone commercial. They trolled me. Pretty hard, and they're trolling Calm App pretty hard. And so that, dog people, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> and I tried to find audio of it to play for you guys, but I can't find it on the internet. So humans, you know I love a good marketing war. And you know I hate these vacation rental companies' ads. I find them to be inauthentic and full of crap. But anyway... We have a we have a war on our hands, and you know that's good for everybody. 
So let's hear the shots fired. Let's hear, let's hear what started this. This is a recent ad. It's a little bit, it's been out for a couple months now, but it's a recent ad from Verbo. Of course, that stands for vacation rental by owner. Uh, so let's, let's check in on this one, shall we? The thing that's different about a Verbo vacation home, you always have the whole place to yourself. No stranger at the dinner table making things awkward or in another room taking up space. It's just you and your people. Because why would you ever share your vacation home with someone you wouldn't share your vacation with? So, okay, okay. They're saying, listen, at Verbo, at Verbo, ugh, I hate that name. (laughs) At Verbo, you're only going to get the whole house. Now, one could argue that, like, okay, well, you just, that's how your business works, and Airbnb chooses to have theirs work differently. But, hey, I I, I hate both of these companies, so however they want to go after each other, go for it. Not to say I haven't rented a vacation rental or two in my day, but I just, I don't like their advertising. So, wouldn't you know, Airbnb strikes back. It was our first time in Kyoto. Oh yeah, it was a whole new thing for us. We stayed in a room in Takashi's home. We told Takashi that we wanted to go to a nice sushi restaurant. He was like, I can teach you. (laughs) I think that's where the sushi party started. It was so funny. You got pretty good at it. Yeah, I think I'm quite talented. Swing and a miss here, Airbnb. Swing and a miss. You're not making me want to go on vacation and meet the host. In fact, in fact, this guy's a mansplainer. This guy, Takashi, is a mansplainer. They told him they wanted to go to a nice sushi restaurant. And you know what he said to them? He said, I can teach you. We told Takashi that we wanted to go to a nice sushi restaurant. He was like, I can teach you. Not, I'll make you sushi here, which whatever. It's still not a nice restaurant. Like, don't you want to get out of the fucking Airbnb and go see the town and go to a restaurant? Not even, I'll make sushi for you. I can teach you. That's like mansplaining rule numero uno, you know? Like, see a person that is like, you know, is doing something and tell them how, you know, you're better at it and you can teach them how to do it correctly. Takashi, I'd like to go to a nice sushi restaurant tonight. I can teach you. Cool. Now the person who's in the house where I have to sleep tonight wants to mansplain to me how to make sushi. So I guess I have to oblige. Classic. <laughs> I mean, what's classic about that? I don't know. Classic. Classic renting a room from a mansplainer. I mean, if Takashi were, like, in France, it'd be like, Hey, Takashi, can I? Uh, can you give me directions to the Louvre? I can teach you. And next thing you know, I'm, like, t- taking painting lessons. Like, I want to go look at some art, dude. I don't want to learn how to paint. I want to eat some sushi. I don't want to learn how to make it, brah. 
Let's stop picking on Takashi and let's move on to Airbnb's uh, Airbnb's uh, next ad, shall we? Oh, Florence. <laughs> That's Stefania, our host. Yeah, we stayed in a room in her place and every morning she'd make us coffee. <laughs> she was always like, you should go here. Whenever she got really excited about something, she would like, Oh, that's how we knew our plans were good for the day. Oh. It's just so, this is just so see-through and gimmicky. Uh, we had these plans. Okay, well, let's make sure the person talks in some way that Americans typically don't. Oh, hey, Stefania, we're thinking about going down to like the business district. Oh. Hey, Airbnb, stay with a person who makes sounds that Americans don't make. Ah. Ah. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be friends with either of the two people talking in this commercial either, frankly. They sound... (laughs) Can you just say they sound stupid? They sound stupid. But you know what? Love a good marketing war, and, uh, you know, praise to you, Verbo, for pulling out, for pulling this crap out of Airbnb's mouth. It's it's funny to see them try to make this sound appetizing, because it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't want to hear some old woman <laughs> gargling her uvula at me when when she decides that, you know... The tourist attraction I'd like to go see is worth it. Humans, the merch is about to be unleashed. The merch is about to be unleashed in proper form all the way through. The koozies, uh, just just dealing with corporate America, humans can be tough. The koozies will be here soon. And more importantly, not more importantly, but just as importantly, the 14-ounce Yeti mugs. So you can join Mug Club Brewery. We'll be here soon. Of course, six people earned them. Or was it five? I have to go back and check my records. And if you're one of those people, you will be hearing from me soon. So I can get your information so I can send you one of these mugs so you can officially join Mug Club Brewery. And humans, that chance that chance exists for all of you right now. These will be up on the website soon. If you want to go ahead and jump the line, supplies are limited. You can email me at listenerline.com at sydneyhollishow.com to secure your mug. Otherwise, take your chances. Wait for them to go live on the site. <sighs> Who knows what will happen? Humans, that's fun. That's big. That's huge. We can all lighthouse keepers some beers together or the drink of your choice. It doesn't even have to be alcoholic. It doesn't even have to contain CBD. It can just be a cranberry spritzer, which actually sounds kind of nice right now. I've been yapping in a microphone. Some nice, cool cranberry juice with the sparkling, you know, maybe like a little Sprite in it. That would feel really nice right now on the cords. So humans, have a great weekend. We will see you soon. Peace and love. Peace and love.